Good morning. Today is Thursday, July 14, 2022. The opening line of the morning service, the first line that we say printed in the Siddur in the prayer book, the famous words, Matovu Ahalecha Yaakov, how good are your tents, Jacob, referring to the Jewish people. The first line that we say as we enter the synagogue, in fact, here at Adath, we have those words, Matovu Alech Yaakov, in letters above the doorway, entrance to our building, in order to remind us that as we enter, we should say that line first. And Rabbi Norman Lamb explains that that line is the opening chord of the morning service. It sets the key for the entire day. The symphony of a Jew's mind and heart and soul rising harmoniously with all those of Israel before God. And the reason that it is in this position is based on the commentary of our sages in this week's Torah portion, that this line, Matovu Alecha Yaakov, the tents, the dwelling places that it is referring to is Bate Kinesios and Bate Midrashos, synagogues and schools. How beautiful are our synagogues and Jewish schools. And may they increase in influence and grow in beauty and in splendor. That's what we mean when we say this line. The origin of the line, though, is somewhat troublesome because, of course, this line is uttered by Bilam, the prophet Bilam. We refer to him as Bilam Harasha, Bilam the wicked, the evil, and it comes in our Parsha because he was hired by Balak, the king of Moab, to curse the Jewish people. And when he saw the entire Jewish people spread out in the valley in front of him, from his vantage point on top of a mountain, he exclaimed, Matovu Ahalecha Yaakov. But it's quite surprising and a bit controversial that we have absorbed this into such a prominent location and feature of our prayers because our sages tell us that Bilam's intention was to curse the Jewish people. In fact, our sages tell us that what Bilam intended to say was that we, the Jewish people, should not have, God forbid, synagogues and Jewish schools. That he was saying, may they diminish in influence and in scope and in power. But instead of the words coming out of his mouth as a curse, which is what he planned to say, God transformed his words into this blessing. Matovu Alecha Yaakov, how good are your synagogues and schools? But it's a little bit hard to understand. Why would we accept and repeat every morning a line 
that was number one, expressed first by a wicked, evil person, and number two, intended to be a curse, even though God transformed it. But, I mean, you couldn't come up with a, a better line, a better uh, 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 phrase to open the service in the morning in the synagogue. And in fact, the Maharshal, Rabbi Shlomo Luria, one of the great halakhic authorities of the 16th century, writes that we should omit that line from our prayers. Marshall's opinion is a very serious opinion. Nonetheless, clearly, the Jewish people have not accepted that opinion. And it is universal that that line, Matovo Alecha Yaakov, is given the place of honor. And if the entire Jewish people accepted it, and all Jews recognize it and have it as the first line of their prayers in the morning when we enter the synagogue, there's got to be something very special about it. It has to reflect something very intrinsic and essential about the nature and personality of a Jew. Something integral about the Jewish religious character. And so Rabbi Norman Lamb explains it as follows that it is a singularly Jewish trait to wring a blessing out of a curse. We say matovu not despite the fact that it was intended to harm us, that it was intended to be a curse, but because of that fact. It is a Jewish quality to find the benediction in the malediction, the opportunity in the catastrophe. It is Jewish to make the best of the worst, to squeeze holiness out of profanity. And the truth is, there are many examples throughout our history where we make the best out of the worst, where we transform curse into blessing. A very important one will start in just a few days. This Shabbos on the Hebrew calendar is the 17th day of Tammuz. Now, of course, ordinarily that is a fast day, the 17th of Tammuz, Shivasa Batamas. Because it's Shabbos, it is pushed off until Sunday. But this Sunday marks the beginning of the three-week period that culminates in Tisha B'Av, which is the commemoration or the destruction of the temple the base Amigdash, the first base Amigdash by the Babylonians, the second base Amigdash by the Romans. We're going to discuss that later, uh, uh, in greater depth later tonight. But what did our sages do in the face of that terrible destruction of God's house? They exploited the catastrophe in order to find new avenues for religious service. Because with the destruction of the Beis Amigdash, there was no longer sacrifices, no longer the ability to serve God as we had served God for centuries in the Beis Amigdash, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. What did we do? We found a substitute. And prayer took on a new role, we've discussed this before, of avoda shibalev, the, the service, the sacrifice of the heart. And we have had for over 2,000 years 
this method of serving God that came to the forefront as a result of the destruction. We took curse and we made out of it a blessing. Rabbi Lamb writes, we have never completely surrendered to curse. We have always poked around in its wreckage, found the spark we were looking for, and converted the whole curse into one great blessing. And that is what we mean when we say Matovu Ahalecha Yaakov as the opening chord of our prayer, of our prayers, that God continues that power within us so that we can continue to make the best from the worst, blessing from the curse. Here's the story of four Jewish brothers who did just that. And maybe it's even true. There were four Goldberg brothers, Lowell, Norman, Hiram, and Maxwell, four Goldberg brothers. And they invented the first automobile air conditioner. On July 17, 1946, the temperature in Detroit was 97 degrees Fahrenheit. So on that day, the four brothers Goldberg walked into the office of Henry Ford. And they somehow persuaded his secretary to tell Mr. Ford that there were four gentlemen who would like to see him, that who had the most exciting innovation in the auto industry, industry over the last several decades. Well, Mr. Ford was curious and invited them into his office. But they refused. They said, we will only meet you outside in the parking lot. Well, somehow he agreed to come outside, 97 degrees outside, and they showed him their car and they told him to get in the car. It was 130 degrees Fahrenheit inside the car. And they turned on the air conditioner. And within just a few moments, it was cool. And Mr. Ford was astounded at this invention. He was very excited. He invited them back up to his office and he offered them $3 million for the patent so he could include it in all of his cars and trucks. The brothers refused that offer. They said, we are willing to settle for $2 million. That's all we want. But we want the recognition that we are the ones that invented this. So we insist for $2 million and we give you the patent that you have a label that says Goldberg air conditioner on the dashboard of every car in which our invention is installed. Now, as you may know, Henry Ford was a known rabid anti-Semite, and there was no way that he would allow the name Goldberg 
on the dashboard of every single Ford car and truck. But they negotiated back and forth for about two hours and they finally agreed on $4 million and that only their first names would be shown on the dashboard. And that's why, till this day, every Ford car and truck on the air conditioner controls reads low, norm, high, and max. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.